I'm grateful. I, I was thinking about how God has been so faithful to us over the years and so many wonderful, those moments of divine encounter and, and the experience uh, of knowing the Lord and, and uh, getting to know his ways. One of the, one of the prayers of the, uh, of the psalmist, Lord, show me, even Moses, show me your ways. It's important to know his ways. I'm grateful. So good to have all of you here today. And I'm excited about being in church. I did wear my watch, so I'll be mindful of the time. And it may not mean anything, right? So uh, a couple of stories. Heard about a man who said somebody tried to sell him a coffin. He said, well, that's the last thing I need. Somebody else said, how many optometrists does it take to screw in a light bulb? One or two. One or two. (laughs) It's great to be in church and to know the joy. I want to take you on a journey today. Is, Is everybody okay? You look okay. You look wonderful. You look amazing. I love you, Brother John. It's so grateful for this teacher, this man of God that he put in, in our church. And I'm grateful for the message that he has. So each one of you, it's important. You okay, Hunter? Man, I like that orange shirt. Yeah. Cool. It's just great. I don't... I don't I don't got her cranked up now. Yeah, I got to be careful. Yeah, she told me. Yeah. Okay, hang. Let's center up. Okay, we'll try as much as we can to get centered up. I'm telling you, I'm going to enjoy this journey. I refuse to be a stick in the mud. Because I believe the Lord has given us joy unspeakable and full of glory. That it's important to know that he cares about the details of your life. He cares about the details of your life. (coughs) Over in the book of Exodus 33, let's start there. Exodus 33 God had brought them out, and they're in a place where God's... Moses said in verse 15, If your presence doesn't go with me, don't carry us anywhere. And he said, Wherein shall it be known here that I... Verse 16 of Exodus 33, That I found grace in your sight. Is it not that you go with us? Shall we be separated, I and your people and all the people that are upon the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing also that you've spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. 
Moses said in verse 18, I beseech you, Lord, show me your glory. He said, I'll make all my goodness. Notice Moses said, show me your glory. And God said, I'll make all my goodness because goodness is the nature of the Father. I'll make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, you cannot see my face for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there's a place by me. You shall stand upon a rock. Here's indicative of Jesus. And it shall come to pass while my glory pass by, I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. I'll put you in a safe place and I'll cover you with my hand. That word hand is very important. The word hand in the Greek means cough. It means the hollow, the palm. It means a vessel. It's important to know you're in a place of protection. He said, and when I take away my hand, you shall see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. And then he's over here in chapter 34, the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, here's the name of the Lord. The Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, upon the children, children to the third and to the fourth generation. I want to tell you, Jesus delivered us from that curse. Amen. Amen. Hey. This is before the cross. Yes. And Moses made haste, bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. Now go with me to Psalm 23. The goodness of God. I want to tell you, He's better than we thought He was. And probably better than some of us think. I've been amazed. I'm overwhelmed at times by the presence of the Lord. This morning as I prepared, my wife was getting ready and, and I was in the Word and I was, I, I was there just thinking about the Lord, meditating on Him. And I was overwhelmed by His presence. I felt the Holy Spirit come on me as I was in the living room. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That word want means lack. I shall not lack. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. That's tender green grass. That's a place of of rest and it's a place of provision. He leads me beside the still waters. That's waters of rest. In our hurried pace where it seems like we have to run to rest because there's so many distractions and people are caught up in the temporal. I was thinking the Holy Spirit, I'm sure, reminded me that to be carnally minded is death. To be self-centered and to, to live a carnal way with your thoughts set on temporal things is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Watch. He said, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. This is where I want to hang for just a moment. I will fear no evil. For you are with me. His presence. It's all about presence. Acknowledging the presence of the Lord. David said, where would I go from your presence? If I were to go to the uttermost part of the sea, Lord, you're there. If I were to go to the snow-capped peaks of mighty mountains, you're there. He, he said, where would I go from your presence? And, and he said, you were with me, your rod. That rod represents authority. And the staff, it, it comes from a word, uh, it means missioneth. It means to support. Support of every kind. Now, I'm leading you, I want to build up to something because there's something we need to know. And I've learned over the years, and and I'm coming into this revelation about the truth of the matter. Because he said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, that enemy is not just the adversary. That enemy, if you look up the definition of that word enemies, it comes from a word sarar. It it literally means to cramp uh, transitively or intransitively, which means uh, transitory. It, It means to bind, to be in distress. Your enemy is anything that calls you to be under pressure and to feel harassed. To, to feel uh, like that uh, any trouble, and, and I get it, I get it. I don't know what some of you might be facing today, but I've come to give you some good news. Because it's in those moments of pressure, in those moments when we feel the conflict and we go through the struggle, whatever that, it may be loss, tragedy, whatever, financial difficulties, marital problems, Whatever it is, he, there's a ta- I want to tell you this morning, there's a table there. Come on, if you focus on your problem and your conflict and your enemy, you're going to miss the table. Because wherever you are in the conflict, he said, you prepare a table for me. That table is a place where you be strengthened. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. How? Because every, every moment, not, let, let me tell you, I've, I've been through those moments. I've lived enough life to experience things that, e- even the tragedy of loss. And I'm telling you, I remember my mom coming around this corner right here and looking at me and said, I just love you so much, son, putting her arms around me. She passed away in 69. I remember standing in this spot when I had a prayer service at, for the altar. My dad walks up and he just looks at me because he wants me to lay hands on him and pray for him. I remember praying for my dad. I'll never forget getting the news that your dad went fishing this afternoon and he hadn't come home and I got there after dark and it never happened and his truck was gone and I thought this is not good right. pretty soon the coroner showed up and said yeah the body we found was 
Mr. Junior. That was devastating, but I want you to understand something. Even in that moment of loss, and I'm telling you, grief is irritating. <laughs> it irritates me. But grief is, is something that proves your love. It was in that moment that I realized there's a table there. In that moment of loss, in that moment, there's a table that God's prepared for me in the face of my enemies, in the face of my loss. There's a table there for me. And it's there to strengthen me. It's, it's there to show me that, and if I get focused on the enemy I, and all of that, and if I get all caught up in that thing and miss the part of his faithfulness, come on, I look back over I wouldn't change a thing in my life. I look back over the years. Oh yeah, there's been some tough stuff. And I don't have time. And I know you could share. I get it. But I want to tell you, I wouldn't change a thing. You know why? Because I've learned something about the Father that I didn't know before. I learned that He brought me through every bit of it. And he grew me and he let me know that there's been a table there all along that he's prepared for me, not just for my strength, but I want to tell you this morning, it's for your pleasure too. Yeah. Ooh, in your presence, there's fullness of joy. At your right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. Amen. So I want us to get our focus on the table. On those moments of loss and conflict, when you felt like your whole world has fallen apart, the next time you feel the pressure and you get in distress and you have something you have no answer for and things you didn't choose, it's like the ingredients. Okay, I want, to, I want you to go to Romans 8, 28. This is going to be so good. And we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God and to them who were the called according to his purpose. Miss Jackie was telling me about her husband having AFib and having to go to the emergency room. My dad took medication for that. And, and I had it just a few weeks ago. It was crazy. It's not a comfortable feeling if you've ever had atrial fibrillation where your heart just takes off and even skips some beats and I'm sitting there for 30 minutes thinking do I go or do I just hang in there hoping it'll get back in rhythm well gratefully I went out and walked around the driveway and and boy it was just racing and I got back in my chair I said I'm not Lord, this is in your hands. I give you praise, Father. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Rejoice always. 
Why? Because he's prepared a table for you. Rejoice always. Make your praying constantly. Pray always. Make your life a prayer. That don't mean that you walk. My wife would make me sleep in a tent if I walked around through the house all day long praying out loud. It would be annoying to her, I know. Would you shh? Well, what does he mean? There's a consistency in our spirit that causes us to constantly be in communion with the Father. You can cultivate this spirit of praying constantly. Rejoice always. You have to cultivate that too. You have to learn how to rejoice in the circumstance. Not for it, but in it. Now watch the last thing he said. In everything, give thanks. Notice he said in, not for. I'm telling you, it'll shift everything. That's, that's part of thanksgiving. Into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. There's something about thanksgiving that takes out of the hand of the adversary what he's leveling against you and puts it under the lordship of Jesus Christ because you're doing exactly what he's not expecting you to do. He's, he's looking for you to get your eyes on the problem and, and the persecution and the enemy. He's looking for you to really magnify whatever it is you're going through. But imagine the chagrin on the face of the adversary when in the midst of your situation you lift your hands and say, I want to thank you for your faithfulness, God. You are faithful. You are consistent. And I know that all things work together for good and for my good because I love you, Lord. And I know it's going to bring you glory and it's going to bring me a benefit because your desire is for me to grow and mature in my knowledge of your ways so that I act like you and I walk like you and I have the mind of Christ. I feel the Holy Ghost in this. I want to tell you, he is inherently good no matter what bad stuff is happening in your life. I know the backslider in heart is, is always blaming God for something he didn't do. Let me say that again. The backslider in heart will always blame God for something he didn't do. But Lord, set me ablaze with a fire and a passion that no matter what, that I can be like Paul and Silas and I can pray and sing in prison. Because if you can pray and sing in prison, you can't be in prison. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, somebody. You made to sit together with him in heavenly places and he blesses you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. That means there's nowhere you go, nowhere life brings you that God has not prepared a table for you. So I want to tell you, the next time trouble comes knocking on your door, you open it up and say, come on in. I've already got a table and it's been prepared by my father and it's going to give me strength for this battle and it's going to give me pleasure because he is with me. 
No matter where I go, he's not going to leave me nor forsake me. He promised me that he would carry me up and lift me up with his right hand. He would keep me if I fall seven times. He's going to lift me up because he cares that much about me. He's not going to drop me and he's not going to kick me to the curb if I don't get it right because he looks at me and he's in, he loves me so much he refuses to leave me like he found me. In everything. The passion says, let your joy be continual feast. That the Aramaic be joyous in every season. Somebody got on an elevator. What's the unique thing about elevator jokes? They're unique on every level. <laughs> Come on, bear with me a minute. It's fun because when, when my wife and I, is, if we have to get on an elevator and we're by ourselves, it's really fun. Because I immediately, when the door closes, I start singing, amazing. And she, she slaps her hand over my mouth. Because I sing it loud. And you know what? She's afraid the door's going to open. I'm going to enjoy this journey. It's just fun watching what the results. Let your joy be a continual feast. How? At the table of the Lord. Make your life a prayer. And in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. Never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'm going to give you another one. You ready? 1 Corinthians 6, 10. Paul said, and this is the, I'll read it from the King James, then I'll read it from the Passion. He said, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As poor, yet making many rich. Is having nothing and yet possessing all things. Watch the contrast. We may suffer yet in every season. We're always found rejoicing. Come on, somebody. Do you understand how it'll change the playing field when you begin to rejoice and give him praise for who he is? When you begin to glorify the Lord in the midst of your, and I get it, there, there's times that, that, that we're just overwhelmed by the grief and the loss, but, but if you can find a place where you, you refuse to be status quo, and you begin to give Him praise, I promise He'll show up, He'll reveal Himself in your praise. We're always found rejoicing. 
We may be poor, yet we bestow great riches on many. We seem to have nothing, yet in reality we possess all things. <coughs> it's important to know the truth. This ministry of Paul's, man, it's important to know that attitude is an attitude of thanksgiving. It's an attitude that knows that even in the midst of facing the enemies that distress us, the bad physical report, the bad news, there was a, you, you know about the sisters who live at our house and, and, and it's, it's amazing Lily, the youngest, went through the moments of she had to, we've been praying for her. And, and so she met a friend at school. She's in school and she rides with Travis every morning. And she met a friend in school and invited her to come over. Well, her dad was going to bring her from down in Verbena and he wanted to meet me. I said, okay. And so when he drove up, I introduced myself and, and we talked a little bit and it was amazing because his daughter's name is Hannah and Lily had, had met and they became friends and I saw a shift in that child because she opened up, she began to talk to me about how to make brownies and she's never done that. Because all of a sudden, there's a shift because she's got a friend and they're so excited. And it was important for her dad to talk to me because he wanted to, I really respect that. I respect that. Because he wanted to know where his daughter was going to be hanging out and what kind of people that, come on, it's important. It's important. And, 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 and uh, it's amazing because Deborah said they had a blast. She wound up spending the night with her. They all stay downstairs and, you know, we got the Hughes commune going on and it's, it's amazing, you know. Uh, <clears throat> I've really learned how to cook better. And, uh, and my wife and I, we get in those moments, but I'm, I'm, the whole time I'm, I'm praying. Yesterday, most of the day I prayed for... For Lily and her sister and my grandchildren. I prayed for those downstairs because I, I knew they needed to get a hold of this healing, healthy mentality of how the Father sees them. Now let me hang there for just a moment. What time? Yeah, yeah. I got a few minutes. I want to I wanna tell you one of the things that got, has changed my life, Sister Martha. And I'm telling you, I wouldn't change anything. I told you the testimony of how uh, a uh, old Methodist preacher named C.N. Graham came to my house. I was barely 18 and he told me with tears in his eyes, he said, son, you're going to have to preach. He said, if you don't answer the call to preach, you're going to lose all your joy. Thank you, Timothy. 
He said, you're going to lose all your joy. I remember one time trying to tell my pastor, who was a Methodist pastor, he's gone on to be with the Lord. I was called to preach, and it was like wild horses couldn't pull it out of me. I wasn't about to say it. I ran for 20 years. I told a young man one time, he said, what do you do if you feel like you're called to preach? I said, run. <laughs> Go ahead. If, if you've been called, you won't run away from it. Take it from a man who has a, had experience, whatever God calls you to, 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 to there, there, it's without repentance. He doesn't change his mind. And for the next 20 years, I found out you could, you could have the best benefits, the best insurance. You could have two cars in the driveway and live in a two-story house, and you could be empty. Amen. Because none of that filled the void. Because I had no clue about my father's heart toward me. And, and, and I learned... 20 years later, I had lost all my joy. And I remember a church Sister Martha was going to at the time. And there was a man there, Larry Johnson. And I showed up. I was about 37. Getting to be 38. That's been 30 years ago. And I, I had just answered the call. I told my mom and dad, I said, I'm... I wanted to tell you, I told him at the shop, I said, the Lord's called me to preach and I'm tired of running. I don't know what this is going to look like, but I had their full support. And my son told me when I sat, we sat in that long Cadillac <laughs> that my wife hated, that battleship car. <laughs> I, I told him I... Tamara and Trent was sitting in the back seat. I said, I stopped after church. It was dark. And I said, what I'm about to say is you're going to change your life forever. He reminded me of that just a few days ago. <laughs> I said, your life will never be the same because God's called me to preach. And so I went to that church service after that. And I'm kneeling in the altar. And the power of God hits me. And all I can remember was seeing the lights flash up in the ceiling. And all of a sudden, the Lord restored, I think, 20 years worth of joy. Because I started laughing. I started, it was amazing. I couldn't quit. I, I don't even know how I drove home. And when I got home, when I walked in the living room, I'm still laughing. And my wife and kids are sitting there and they covering themselves because they don't know what I've been into. And then I tell them, it's been restored. Amen. Let me tell you, we need to know how the Father feels about us. You need to know what He thinks about you. Because it's going to make a huge difference. When you face a conflict and you, you experience life in a very things you don't choose, things that pull you through the knothole, whether it be loss, tragedy, or conflict, or struggle. Rejoice always. Constantly pray. 
and in everything, give thanks. I don't know where you are today, but I want you to stand with me. I'm still learning how to walk in this. I'm still learning. Because God matures us. But I don't want to overlook the nature of my father just because life is bringing me ingredients like sardines and cornbread. Think about that. <laughs> there was a time I didn't like asparagus. I hated the taste of asparagus. Let me tell you something else. I'm not really crazy about cilantro, and I have a Mexican uh, American daughter in law, and she can make some Spanish rice. But, but I, you know, I had, I'm really working on being, I think God, when he create, he sees people eating cilantro, he says, that was for decoration. <laughs> Why are you eating that? <laughs> but I found out. Man, as I, as I grew older, my palate began to change. And man, I love asparagus, especially cooked on the grill with olive oil and sea salt sprinkled. Ooh, Lord, it'll set you free. But I, I had to grow to mature to be able to, to, to enjoy that. Let me tell you what, God wants you to enjoy Him. Yes. And He wants to enjoy you. Yes. Every day I say, Lord, let my life be a blessing to you. Lord, let my living be a blessing to you. Because I know if I, I'm a blessing to you, when you anoint my head with the fragrance of the Holy Ghost, it's going to be a blessing to somebody else. So I believe we're not promised tomorrow. So I'm going to give it my best shot today. And if I get a chance, I'm going to encourage somebody. Even when discouragement's pulling at my coattails. In everything, give thanks. So if you're here and you say, Pastor, 